The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, but made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin Image Studios is Joe. Hey, Joe, tell our listeners a little bit about Dolphin Image Studios. Thanks, Katie. Dolphin Image Studios is a full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000-square-foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, an 8-acre backlot, and a podcast studio. To find us, go to facebook.com backslash dolphinimagestudios as well as on our Instagram at dolphinimagestudios. We believe it's important to continue to release our podcast throughout the coronavirus crisis. We hope that you find these as a nice diversion to something very heavy we are all going through right now. My job has changed over the last few weeks, and at the Chamber, we continue to promote our local business community, but how we promote and how we communicate with our businesses and the community has adapted to, quote, the new normal. I want to encourage every one of you listening to this podcast to make a pledge to invest your money in our local community. The regulations and government guidelines are changing daily, but we can adapt to those while continuing to support our neighbors. And when this is all over, and it will end... We will be here to help you rebuild. In today's episode, we will hear from Ginger Cook, a co-producer and unit production manager for the full-length feature film Scream Test that was filmed right here in Winter Haven. We will also hear from Brad Beatty with the nonprofit Heart for Winter Haven to talk about the housing initiative in Winter Haven to help prevent homelessness. So, Joe, what was it like having a full-length horror movie filmed here at Dolphin Image Studios? Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was very interesting having people just come in and out, whether it be you know the director, sound guy, the cinematographer, mm-hmm. and they're just doing all sorts of random, to me, just chaos. But <laughs> Organized chaos. Yeah, organized, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. It was very interesting. Uh, it looks awesome. Yeah. And I can't wait to actually see the uh, first cut. Yeah. And I think they were trying to get a premiere of it actually here in Winter Haven. I think uh, uh, Nate was working with Dan at the Ritz Theater. So eventually we can have a premiere, a full on yeah, Hollywood premiere oh, yeah. in downtown Winter Haven. That'd be a lot of fun. That actually would be a lot of fun. And I think it was, in- so there are, there were quite a few actors, as you'll hear, that are, um, um, have a lot of different credits, film credits and things like that. And I think um, on your podcast, Meanwhile at the Studio, you guys actually interviewed a lot of the actors while they were here as well. Yeah, we had a couple of them. Uh, one of the most notable names was Felissa Rose. She was the star of a cult horror movie called Sleepaway Camp. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that when I you were I did younger. not see that. No. Was, think of it like it was in the vein of Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. and it came out after that. Okay. And it was like during the whole slasher thing and and she was a big star from it mm-hmm. and she's known as a scream queen oh okay like jamie lee curtis from halloween oh right 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 in that yeah. Vein. yeah so and she was great and yeah 
Well, Lovely. that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Well, we will definitely keep our listeners um, aware of when that premiere will be and when that movie is released so that people can uh, check it out and recognize all the yes. locations in Winter Haven where Absolutely. it's filmed. This podcast would not be possible without our chamber investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Meeks Real Estate. Winter Haven was rated by Realtor.com as our number one hottest real estate market. Do you need help navigating your home search? Meeks Real Estate LLC is owned and operated by broker Realtor, Carla Meeks. Carla has over 14 years of experience in residential and commercial real estate, as well as her GRI designation. Her office is located at 1510 North Broadway Avenue in Bartow, but Carla is actively involved in all of Polk County. Call or text Carla at any time. She would love to help you buy, sell, build, and invest in Central Florida. 863-604-9287 or visit CarlaMakesRealtor.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-E-E-K-S Realtor.com. have a very special guest with us today, Ginger Cook, who's the unit production manager and editor of Screen Test, a film that's in production here in Winter Haven. As our producing partner, Dolphin Image Studios, continues to bring back the art of film to this community, we wanted to take some time to highlight those individuals making it happen. Welcome to the podcast, Ginger. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Ginger, tell us about your movie, Screen Test. Well, let's see. What can I tell you about it? Uh, It's called Scream Test. My husband, who's also the director, wrote the screenplay. It is basically about an aging scream queen, uh, loses her voice, and has to be sent to an isolated resort for recovery. And while she's there, people start dying one by one in the vein of her movies. So it's kind of a thriller, but we've got some good uh, makeup effects and some visual effects. And uh, yeah. That so, sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah interesting. it's a, a scream queen that loses her voice. <laughs> and the scream queen is played by Felissa Rose, who has done probably 140 of these type of movies oh, in real really? life. Oh, wow. So she's managed to really take a lot of what she's observed of these different like B-movie stars, women that mm-hmm. think they're A-stars or know that they're kind of D-stars or whatever <laughs> right. it is kind of thing and kind of and really brought that into. Channel the characters. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. absolutely fabulous. Oh, she really Bob neat. pretty much wrote the role for her, which is terrific. And yeah. Really glad to get her so and where is she from is she she's la she's based in la we've got uh her playing um angie newborn is Mm -hmm. the character Mm -hmm. and then we have another gentleman named jeff drews who's an older gentleman who's playing mick who's the agent and then we have some guys that are already there one is a detective named uh, dave sheridan who Mm -hmm. was in the movie scary movie which was the spoof of uh, scream Scream, he played doofy or the detective (laughs) oh yeah so he does a lot of comedic stuff but this is Mm. a very serious role and he's 
absolutely taking it very seriously. He's done a phenomenal job, and he looks fantastic on camera. So Mm -hmm. he's playing Phil. We have another gentleman that's playing Carter, who's supposed to be like this billionaire that doesn't really have anything wrong with him, but he just likes hanging out at this resort. (laughs) And that's being played by Vince Ward, who was Oscar on Walking Dead. So he's uh, so we got some really good names, and I'm missing somebody. Uh, There's five. Who am I missing? Did I get everybody, Nate? <laughs> uh, you're missing Glenn Moore shower. Oh, well, that's part of Okay, so our grabber, because mm-hmm. every movie should have a good grabber. Mm-hmm. Was What's a grabber? A, yeah, okay. I was just going to ask. So, as my husband likes to explain it, you want something at the beginning of your movie, so if people are running late and getting their popcorn, something mm-hmm. that's happening on the screen that makes them want to hurry up because they think they're going to miss something and sit down. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You don't want it to be a slow start. You want it to be like, oh my gosh, I'm missing it, so i got to sit down. Mm-hmm. So our grabber is going to be like this black and white schlocky B-movie thing about a baby Frankenstein, and the mad scientist was being played by my husband called in a special favor to his friend Glenn Morshower. Well, mm-hmm. Glenn was Agent Pierce on 24. He <gasps> wow. is uh, on The Resident. He plays, what's his face, his father, mm-hmm. the boy who's the head resident. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Um, he's been, if you look him up, he's been <gasps> in, like, everything. But Glenn pl- always plays mm-hmm. the cop, the, you know, the stately whoever it is he right. was general moore shower and the transformers i mean he's always the general the whatever so this one he got carte blanche to just kind of blow it all out make it crazy do whatever and then baby frankenstein was played by a friend of my husband's named jeff chase mm-hmm. who if you saw the mechanic with jason stratham he was the guy that how do i explain this jason stratham was training some younger mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. And that guy ended up, his first hit mm-hmm. was Jeff Chase, who's huge. He's six foot eight, I think. And, oh, wow. And there's this fantastic fight scene because Jeff's actually a stunt stunt guy by oh, trade. Wow. He was in a Jackie Chan. Anyway, so they had this shock. <laughs> I mean, he was just in a Jackie Chan movie, you know. But it's so fun. <laughs> so this opening scene is hilarious. There's two nurses. And, of course, Felissa's character is mm-hmm. in this. So it's to showcase truly how far her career has fallen, (laughs) Fallen, basically, so that when she gets ready where the baby Frankenstein's ready to attack her, she tries to scream and she can't scream, and then we kind of break the fourth wall and realize that it's a movie within a movie kind of thing, which my husband's probably mad that I just blew all that. But anyway, (laughs) we absolutely can't wait to edit it together because it'll be like black and white and looking old school. that's amazing. And uh, we shot that here at the studios, and it was fantastic. They have this fantastic wall that we were able to do these shadow effects and do all this wonderful stuff so so i mean that's um, what's kind of cool i mean you've just listed a lot of people that everyone can pull out their phone and start looking up on you know internet movie database and all that kind of stuff i mean people that have these profiles and these careers that That helps their number which gets them jobs exactly (laughs) so uh, yeah please all listeners go and look every one of those people up right now but um but so why did you, how'd you land in Winter Haven? Why did you choose Winter Haven t- as a, a location to shoot your film? How'd you find out about it? Well, all that it's kind a of funny stuff. story there. You never know who you're going to run into. Because we actually live in Orlando, so uh, we're just close to SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend of mine that went to my boot camp is related to Juan, who runs the place, and oh, yeah. his wife. Oh. She's actually related to the wife. So when they got the studio like a year ago, she was telling me, oh, my 
cousin's wife does mm-hmm. makeup effects or visual effects, you should really look him up. And I've been bugging her for a year to come out and just see the studio. So as we finally got a budget on this movie, I was telling my husband about it because I did the visual and the makeup effects and mm-hmm. all that. And we said, let's go out and check it out. Well, my husband had been here before years ago when, when it, it was, was Patterson's Patterson? studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he got, we sort of pulled up. He's like, I think I've been here before. <laughs> oh. And he's like, oh, wait, this is Patterson Studios. Well, I've heard of this place. But, of course, was completely blown away with all the re- what they have redone because this place is amazing. It I mean, is, isn't it? Even if you're not in the movie business, come check this place out because between the studio and the sound portion of it that they've done in here, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they... I mean, when we had the ribbon incredible. cutting, I could have stayed and played in front of the AR wall like all afternoon. Oh my gosh, I mean, is that so thing cool. amazing? And the fact that the thing that Juan uses that you just put your phone into, I mean, anybody's phone and the camera will trail and follow uh, what's happening in the back of the screen moves and everything. I'll I mean, tell you, it's it going to eliminate so cool. having to use green screen. And yeah. for people that aren't really in the business, they don't fully understand that. But we were talking the other day because even we have done this where you do the green screen for people driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's talk of trying to find something. So now all of a sudden you don't have to usually have the car and a trailer and it's it's very expensive right. to get, make it look real. Mm-hmm. And of course, the driver's always looking like he's driving, but not really. <laughs> Somehow they always have to yeah. move the wheel so much to the right <laughs> and the left when they're driving. Right? But I'm telling you, that AR wall, there's nobody else has that. That thing is incredible. I went home to do the research just to see, well, what, what exactly they mean? Mm-hmm. There's like no, the only videos out there are the videos by the guys who created it. Like oh, wow. nobody has it. This it's is incredible that they have this that investment is here option yeah. here. And if you are a movie producer or a film, even a, a film guy, or thinking about being a film, whatever, come check it out because it is definitely the wave of the future. And these guys are these guys that work here are so generous and mm-hmm. they're so helpful and they'll answer any questions. I mean, they have gone way above and beyond to help us. Like, we couldn't have done half of what we've been doing, and they make us a better production company just yeah. with their contacts and with, I mean, Nate gets right back to me. Actually, everybody just gets text right do, back absolutely. and handles everything. And We get I, that God, commercial, so too. I'll tell you, I ran into Nate at the farmer's market on Saturday. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm always constantly trying to think of people to connect him with, and um, there's a, a couple that actually does movies in New York, um, but they're oh. half, half their years here, half their years up there and so I introduced them they do you know makeup and they're also actors and all that kind of stuff but um you know to have that local resource that can say oh you need a beach looking thing we can we can make a beach scene for you or whatever it is so um you know kind of tell me a little bit about what Dolphin Image Studios role has been in this so you came out you saw the studio um, but there's a lot more to that I mean you're not filming it all inside so you know what has that been like well, I mean, first of all, we just came out and saw the studio and we're just as far as that because we my husband has been dreaming about doing that opening scene for like ever. So, of mm-hmm. course, he was extremely excited with the soundstage. Um, they're on eight acres here. So we also needed a grounds because it's supposed to be an isolated grounds. Mm-hmm. So we were able to go out and film in the woods and and get that to match um, something else that we shot in Winter Haven. We've shot everything here. Um, then when we start talking about hotels, Nate hooked us up with the Winter Haven Garden Inn, mm-hmm. and my husband went over there, and Mark, who owns that place, was, yes. like, ridiculously excited, ridiculously accommodating. I mean, we've got probably 20 rooms that we're renting over there, and mm-hmm. all his, you know, his whole staff has been looking all our people up, and they've been helpful, and, and everybody's <laughs> gone so above and beyond 
everything. And then we did a we had needed a boat scene because we needed them to travel mm-hmm. to this isolated island. Right. So I found Paul Boniface dinner cruise mm-hmm. thing, and he was like incredibly helpful and found us a second boat and was one of the drivers and took us to these really good spots where we told him what we were looking for. And and then Nate turned us on to a drone operator, and I didn't know anything about drone stuff, but he found us a drone guy. I found us the hotel. Uh, the guy who's doing our bullet hits, they found us that guy. Juan's been helping with the visual effects make. We just yeah. did a scene today where the lady gets blown up, and so she had this burn makeup that's mm-hmm. phenomenal, and that's what they were filming over there. And I'm sure this hotel wants to throw us out because it <laughs> probably isn't really good press if somebody's walking around looking like they're, and she's smoking a cigarette too, which was terrible. I mean, not in the movie, but right, right, and she's right. on break kind of thing. <laughs> so that's probably not real great, but... That's but, how she um, got that yeah. burn. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, I did a yeah. picture, and I said, That's you know, a most smoking will kill you, is yeah. what I said, and she's smoking the cigarette, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But um, So, you, I mean, you just mentioned a lot of things. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about before we started recording. Um, some people just don't understand the economic impact that um, film production has on a community. Right. Um, and especially in Florida, where, you know, we've gone through cycles of having a very robust film industry, and then to where all of a sudden there is not as hospitable for filming. And so um, at the state level, primarily, whether it's incentives and things of that nature. So I think it's really exciting that you know, one, you're familiar with that because you live in Orlando, right. but that you chose to film in our community. And just talk a little bit about, I mean, how has that economically impacted our community? You mentioned uh, hotel rooms that you've booked. Right. And then that has and bed our, tax. Right. And, and our hotel is, you know, right next to Manny's Chop House. So, of mm-hmm. course, what does our cast do when they want to go out and get something to eat? They're hitting all the restaurants in town. Right. Uh, the other night they went back to the um, the some bay resort, I guess the Caribbean Bay Resort, and mm-hmm. they did karaoke. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're like going out at night and and, and spending time in the communities and, and money things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and money, exactly. <laughs> time and well, money. no, exactly. Our caterer, we also have a caterer. We, Nate turns us on to uh, Cam's Catering, and and they've also gone above mm-hmm. and beyond. And we told him what their our budget was, and he was so easy to work with. I mean, everybody has not been a I hate to say a jerk about anything, mm-hmm. but I think one of the beauties of of working with Dolphin that has been so phenomenal is, you know, you go into a community as a producer and you know you know what your budget is. But yeah, you know, sometimes you don't have time to shop around. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what communities or what new communities are doing isn't since we don't have any film incentives here, is that if you can go to a production company like Dolphin Images and they say, okay, they've already set up deals with, say, the hotels or mm-hmm. whoever, you know, the chamber has relationships with, because you guys are, can sort of be a, a film a production kind right. of conduit of right. knowing, you know, these different businesses that do these different skills. But if I can come in with my budget and I can sit down with Nate and he says, listen, and I can already cut 35% off of your budget just by the contacts that they have. Right. Well, that's as good as any production incentive in any other state. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. they do it right away. But then also they've done a lot of the work for you. Right. You know, you trust them. You trust that these are going to be good relationships. They've gotten really good reviews. And, and boom, it serves the community well. It serves you guys well mm-hmm. as those are members of your, you know, your chamber. And it mm-hmm. serves, of course, them well because they're making my job easy. Because now that's all these things I don't have to shop around. I have to figure out their reputation. And then if it doesn't work out or they, you know, screw you over, they take the money. Because 
lot of times, too, you go in a community, oh, film company, and then they jack the price right, up. Right, right. So they think everybody you're is the only 20th one. century yeah, they, Fox. Yeah, they think yeah. you have $20 million to spend. And right. I'm here to tell you, it was SAG and their new contracts, because that did used to be the case. Now mm-hmm. they have an ultra-roll budget, low budget. You know, there's different rules, but it's so that you can get quality actors to right. be in your production at a very affordable rate. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you still have to pay the pension welfare and do some of the paperwork, mm-hmm. which can be a pain in the butt, and a lot of people don't like to do it. But I'll tell you, the the level of professionalism it takes your project from using a local who's brand new to it to being able to have a couple recognizable faces, which also helps it you know, in distribution. Right. And you can say you have a reputation, plus the quality of what they bring to how the performances are done is Absolutely. amazing. So. So you mentioned distribution. So if someone listening to the podcast and, you know, first off, because I have no concept for it. So you're filming right now. But when would the film actually be ready to be released? Well, if my husband had his way, it'd be like tomorrow. Next week. week, (laughs) I know. He'll be hovering. That's the bad part about being the editor for the director. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. But, um, well, no, I mean, you go in and then you do the rough cut, which Mm -hmm. is just putting it together. We're shooting this one um, with the new Blackmagic 6K cameras. So it's going to have a a beautiful look but what that means is the files are really really big so i have to reduce them all to proxy files which for those familiar with editing that just makes it a smaller more manageable file that i can scrub through Mm -hmm. but um i'll go through everything and and put together the rough cut and then my husband as the director will look through it and then decide um what he likes what he doesn't like because they they say basically three three times is the story written with the Mm -hmm. script then the director has his vision and then the editor has their vision (laughs) and yet everybody gives the editor so much power these days that's why editing is an oscar category because it really is has so much to do with how the movie ends up well i mean editing and sound design i mean sound design has become so key to Mm -hmm. the to what we see in movies now too, but which is kind of out of my wheelhouse in color correction. Now everybody uses oh, yeah. raw files and now color correcting with getting that feel and that emotion of that look. I mean, it's become so, I hate to say easy. It's not easy. You want right. to hire a good no. color correction person because that's become an art in itself too. So you right. have your art. So instead of it just being sound and picture, now it's your editor, Everything else your uh-huh. color corrector, your sound designer, your music. Cause we've hired a composer already that's, um, his name is Jason Solowski, and he's actually related to the Bernsteins. And we had used him, like Leonard and Elmer Bernstein, oh my I think gosh. he's his nephew or something. Yeah. So we had used him in a movie years ago, and we couldn't pay him much, and we had a little bit more to pay him this time. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> he came back. But, you know, you always call your contact, try to call in on your contacts, and right. I hope they're yeah. happy so they'll want to work with you again. And yeah. I'll tell you, a good soundtrack makes a huge Oh, it makes a huge, huge difference, difference in a yeah. film. So yeah. it didn't really answer your question. So, um Probably a few months. My husband is big about liking to have projects ready by the American film market, which is mm-hmm. in November. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where all the buyers, distributors okay. in Santa Barbara, is not Santa Barbara, Santa Monica, mm-hmm. uh, stay, I'll stay at the Lowe's Hotel, and then they're all there, and you basically shop mm-hmm. all the, if you go and you set your appointments with all these distributors, and then you, you know, show them your project and hope that they'll, well, you hope that they'll give you money. <laughs> so right. We're going right, yeah. to make you millions of dollars is what you hope, but... Uh, right. You know, it's it's more challenging nowadays because of streaming. And now mm-hmm. it's even more challenging because Netflix and Hulu and all of them have decided mm-hmm. to do their own productions. Right. Versus, our, yeah. you know, you kind of thought it was going to be... A way for them to purchase something well, that you're making. Yeah, my husband was around. Has like, and this is going to date him a little bit, so he's probably going to kill me on this. But he <laughs> started in the business with video, like in the video days. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of the video days is when a big blockbuster movie came out, they would, you know, like say a Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well... 
a video store would only get like two copies. So, of course, everybody would come by and they'd be like, I want Saving Private Ryan. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, they're sold out. But and then they would look around the store and right. the, the box cover artwork would sell it or the mm -hmm. blurb on the back. So yeah. that's where you got your blurb and it may be the uh, worst movie ever. But that right. Was <laughs> right. Exactly. But a good kinda, copywriter can do a lot. Well, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Marketing yeah. is everything. So. That was really, so they were constantly looking for more product because they needed to have something on their shelf so people wouldn't walk out empty-handed mm -hmm. because buying a copy of those big blockbusters was very expensive back then. I mean, they would spend 70 or or $100 just to get like oh, a wow. one copy of it. So they My needed goodness. to print it a lot, which they would. Um, so I think everybody kind of thought, well, you know, with blockbuster video and all that, that that was going to be for the DVDs, same mm -hmm. idea. Then it started coming down and being really, really cheaper. They would, it got really affordable and cheap to burn multiple of copies right, so right, right. that kind of started not making it very profitable for producers and stuff mm -hmm. like that and now with the streaming as my husband likes to say sometimes with the streaming it's a trickle-down effect because your money kind of trickles back <laughs> <laughs> trickles yeah because oh. it's really hard with digital because there's no control internationally you know right. like mm -hmm. producers don't understand younger producers or movie makers don't understand when they make a movie and they're excited and they put it online to show their friends and their family, it's really hard to go back to a distributor and say it hasn't been online because yeah. piracy, yeah. unfortunately, is a really bad thing. So mm -hmm. it's sort of like once it's out there, it's kind of out there. Yeah. So distributors don't have as much. So that's usually why a lot of movie companies are so quiet and so well. To believe. I can't put us in the same category yeah. as an yeah. Avengers or right. anything right. like that. But, you know, our level is a mid-level. So, mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, you hope it's going to be that home run like Blair Witch that mm -hmm. there's going to be. It's going to strike a chord with somebody or right. you're going to find that right distributor that says, I love this. Mm -hmm. or And they may love one of the actors and do anything for them. I mean, you never know right. what's going right. to take it and let it be that lottery ticket, which people don't realize that Blair Witch was truly a lottery ticket. Oh, that was, absolutely. It's really, there was a lot done to that and they were very smart with their marketing and, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying it's a horrible movie. It's not. It's a a lot of people were terrified by what yeah, they oh, saw because yeah. they yeah. thought it was real. Yeah. So good for them that they, they did yeah, that. Absolutely. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if you bought into it, it was pretty scary. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get that. So yeah. obviously my husband will take it to AFM, and he's he will shop it with several distributors mm -hmm. and buyers and, and work to get the best deal because wow. we want to make money back. And ideally for us, we want to make the money back for our investor, but then we want to make enough off of it too so you can recycle it back in and do another project oh absolutely you yeah know? reinvest reinvest in what well exactly next, and so. if any wealthy people are in winter haven my number is <laughs> <And> listen, <laughs> yeah exactly we'll make sure your information you can i was gonna say you can contact me through nate at the studios and <laughs> we'll get that connected well ginger i want to thank you so much for coming and being a guest on our podcast today this is you know one of those very unique opportunities we have to interview someone who's kind of in the thick of it right now and i'm so pleased to hear about the experience you've had in winter haven i mean we'd expect um, I, you know, it's funny as you were talking, I was like, well, is that a tagline? Winter Haven. We won't be jerks about it. <laughs> <laughs> but we take a lot of pride in, um, you know, kind of that Southern hospitality, warm welcome that we have here. And I think people here are genuinely excited to see um, film coming back when, when Cypress yeah. Gardens theme park was here uh dick pope brought a lot of mm. films we had an esther william film filmed here like a right. lot of films were filmed uh in winter haven back then and hence why patterson studios was established when it was established right. and they did a lot of work with them but um it's really exciting to see um you and your husband and all of your cast and crew yeah. come and spend the time in our community and invest in our community so thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. it is definitely my pleasure
This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health is a local leader in healthcare and is committed to providing care while extending the healing ministry of Christ. With the national focus on COVID-19, Advent Health would like to remind our listeners if they have questions about the coronavirus, they can speak to Advent Health experts by calling the hotline at 877-VIRUS-HQ. That's 877-847-8747. If you believe you've been exposed to COVID-19 or have specific symptoms of fever, cough, shortness of breath, or trouble breathing, please contact your primary care provider or go to the nearest Advent Health Center Care located in Winter Haven at 7375 Cypress Gardens Boulevard. Again, if you have questions regarding COVID-19, please call the hotline at 877-VIRUS-HQ. Advent Health is here to provide the answers that you need. In today's Giving Back segment, we have with us Brad Beatty, Director of Heart for Winter Haven. Heart for Winter Haven is a nonprofit with numerous initiatives across our community, but today we're going to focus on one, and that is the Housing Partnership of Winter Haven Initiative, which is extremely important on trying to combat one of our most wicked uh, issues to kind of get our hands around affordable housing and homelessness. So I'd like to welcome Brad to the podcast. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell our listeners a little bit about the organization Heart for Winter Haven. Sure. Um, Heart Heart for Winter Haven, our mission is to strengthen families um, through hopeful ventures that we have, whether it's the housing partnership or Jobs for Life, the other things we do. Um, And we do that through um, really trying to connect business, nonprofit, and faith communities uh, together to work so that marginalized people become less marginalized Mm -hmm. and we create more of that safety network. So much like the work you do in the business community, we're just trying to grow that a little bit more and direct it towards helping people uh, grow, and in particular, families. Absolutely. And I remember when, when um, you just started Heart for Winter Haven, and how many years ago was that? Six years. Six, oh, so it was pretty the much the same time, time I started at the uh-huh. Chamber. I remember we had coffee at Richard's, mm-hmm. and um, you had all these ideas, but yes. it came from your background of um, being in home health care services and seeing the gaps and yes. how a lot of the people that were using the services that the, because you were in people's homes and you were seeing that were needed, and the services weren't connecting. So, right. you know, they might, the the um, the client of yours may have had meals taken care of, but they also needed this, and the nonprofits weren't talking to each other about exactly. how to streamline their services. And so um, it's all about connecting the services that are existing and then finding the gaps to fill those gaps. Which works great here in Winter Haven because we're all about relationships, right? right? So here we, we say, okay, who do we need to call? And, but... There needs to be some point of contact, much like the chamber does. We're trying to do that, too, and just say, okay, who can we call to to make those connections so we can create more of a safety net, a network of care, instead of just a siloed approach, which has kind of been the way. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely have you back on to talk about a lot of the other initiatives that you've got going on. Awesome. Jobs for Life is, is certainly one of, um, one of my favorite ones yeah. in terms of getting people back in the workforce and that sort of thing. But today I want to focus on the housing initiative. So you've been tasked to work with the city of Winter Haven mm-hmm. on the kind of the initial task was kind of broad, you know, let's tackle this homelessness issue. Yeah. Um, and how do we 
um, really approach that project. So talk a little bit about how that conversation got started and how you got enlisted initially to really do a report mm-hmm. on on this issue. So um, I was invited by the, by the city to take part in some meetings they were having where they were being asked to look at affordable housing as the solution for this family homelessness. But what they asked was to take a deeper dive into that and say, what's really at the bottom uh, at, at the root of this problem, and then what can a city do? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we took um, took that on. Um, I have some of a housing background through some of the work I've done, but we just did a really a, a deep dive into that study and, and found it really boils down to two things, inventory of housing mm. and income, mm-hmm. which we were real good about the income thing because we work on that with Jobs for Life. Right. The inventory thing was a, was a new one, and we found out that, you know, living in our kind of vacation land, we do. There's a lot of houses that are vacant but are used for vacation homes. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who are moving here, and we're not building what they call middle housing. And so it really um, those two things, inventory and and, uh, and income, we've been working on and, and developed a plan mm-hmm. based on best practices and, and just talking with people as much as we can of, of something that would work here in Winter Haven. And this city commission approved it. Yeah. And that was one of the things when I sat through your initial uh, presentation to the city commission after you had gone through kind of the research phase. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a plan stage yet. It was, uh, okay, we've gathered all this information and these are the most glaring statistics that we're finding or or things that are going to rise to the top. And there are obviously the the issue of homelessness is a very broad one. There Mm -hmm. are many factors that go in to how someone has ended up. But one of the things you brought forward in that report was um, one of the categories of homelessness is not necessarily that you are sleeping on the street, uh, although that is one. It's that you have no, there's no home. There's Mm -hmm. your couch surfing, you're living in a hotel, um, and that hotel has to change every once in a while. and, Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those conditions aren't optimal to raising a family and things of that nature. Sure, yeah. So that hidden homeless uh, is is what we're kind of exposed to and mm-hmm. trying to expose that we, we all have in mind what we think of as the homeless person. Mm-hmm. But there's these, you know, hundreds of children just in Winter Haven and thousands of people who are those hidden homeless mm-hmm. that are living in the motels or hotels or in, you know, doubled up in housing and mm-hmm. couch surfing, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that that's... Um, that was kind of a new area for mm-hmm. you know to think about, and that's I think in the in their wisdom, that's what the city commission asked us to really focus on first. Right, and I think that was very smart because it's can become very overwhelming very quickly mm-hmm. when you think about all the people you want to help. Mm-hmm. So being able to say, okay, we know statistically from how the Polk County Public Schools tracks their students mm-hmm. that there are over five hundred students that they categorize or that self categorize as. Um, as homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do for those people first? And so that was kind of how the scope initially got narrowed. How has it evolved since, what was that, um, was that almost a year ago? I mean, when was that initial yeah. presentation uh, and how has it evolved? So that that first time when we were asked to do the study was a year ago and we then presented that study in June. We had six months to do the study. And um, so what's what's happened from there is one, one of the things that uh, it, it's it's <laughs> we're living in this age right now. We find prevention of homelessness is the most effective thing. So mm-hmm. if we can prevent a child from ever experiencing homelessness now, that throughout their lifetime it really reduces the rate in which they'll have that as adults or even later on as kids. Mm-hmm. So 
So that's not a, you know, prevention's never something that has the, the biggest um, feel-good thing, but right. we're really helping people to ever experience that to begin with. So that's where we started. Um, and that's, that's a money issue partially, but it's also about educating people and bringing them in and, and doing what we say we're about anyway is strengthening families mm-hmm. and giving them hope and, and information, whether that's financial literacy or vocational literacy, just how to not get in that, that situation. And what we what we read and what we're seeing is it really is a kind of a one-off thing. Somebody gets sick or somebody has some kind of breakdown in their income or they have an extra expense, that's what, you know, because they have very little margin, that's what spirals down into that homeless um, scenario. Are you worried at all about what we're going through right now um, with the coronavirus and how that could increase the numbers of people that are looking for assistance? Sure. Um, it depends on how much it interrupts our economy. Right. And, right. and as people's uh, paychecks get interrupted, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to definitely um, up the game. We're kind of ready for that. Yeah. Um, as much as we can be. But yes. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely. I think that and I think the number of kids returning home from college that, that typically they use school as a way to mitigate that or mm-hmm. they've got jobs lined up so they'll have housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to really um, shift things for yeah. a while. Yeah, it definitely is. Um you know, for for those obviously our listeners know we pre-record our segments. So, you know, we're coming off of of you know, last week, everything was kind of like business as usual mm-hmm. to an entire weekend of it kind of changing. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up at 3.30 in the morning on Sunday thinking about all of this sure. and how, you know, how, um, what aid packages are going to be out there. How are we going to make sure not just businesses are going to survive, but the employees they care so much about mm-hmm. um, and how those employees are going to be able. And, and thankfully, at this point, it's not hit Polk County hard yet. But, uh, you know, who knows what mm-hmm. the future is holding? I think the uncertainty around that. So, um one thing that you um, mentioned in one of the articles that's been written about this initiative, which is great, is to get people that may have excess um, uh, uh, lodging, if you yes. will, for lack of a better term coming to my brain right now, to let you guys know so that you can potentially use that for families that might be in need. Yeah, this was just um, – actually, this is inspired from our mayor. Our mayor said this, uh, to if we have that extra garage apartment, that those extra rooms in our house or – a space that could be used, or even an RV or something like that, uh, to make that available, mm-hmm. and and we'll help you know work through that and and how to make that work for a family. But we we feel like that it's in there. It's incremental, but it, mm-hmm. it really can make a difference for a family that could really be impactful. So mm-hmm. so yeah, please, if if you all have that, if you've had something, you think, well, this space, it's it's a wreck, um, but. But it could could be added to the mix. Right. Please call us. We've had a couple of calls like that, mm-hmm. and even like an RV, we've got a place at a campground where we can put it in there, and we've got folks who will help you know set them up and really That's make fantastic. a difference and give them a little bit of margin, a little breathing room mm-hmm. while they kind of collect things back up and 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 move out of that that temporary situation. But it allows them to save some money. Right. It takes one stressor off, so they yeah. can focus on either. Uh, employment issues or health issues or whatever else the thing the factor that might be that one-time factor or that thing that's really stressing them out Um, if you take away the worrying about where your kids are going to sleep that night it's amazing what that can do to focus on on something else and and, you know uh, you know we we keep hearing this you know don't be afraid be brave well if people be brave with this and just say yeah i'm going to try it because i've got it 
Right. You know, I'm going to be a good steward of this thing that I have and, and put it in the mix. That's happening slowly, and it's encouraging other people to do so. There's been a local church that built a house that they're, I mean, they built it from scratch mm-hmm. just to, to rent out for affordable housing. Wow. Another church has a plan for eight units, eight duplexes, or six, or four duplexes. Four duplexes, duplexes right? Yeah, yeah four, yeah. Um, uh, they're working on that. Um and so slowly it's getting uh, going. I just got offered three houses to get them moved mm-hmm. that, that are definitely habitable. They're just older. That's the kind of stuff that I think will um, communicate something so powerful, too, because this is really about hope, right? We're right. strengthening families through abiding hope. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think by passing along those things that you know, we've benefited from, just the generosity of, of being a part of community, doing well in business, whatever, um, we can pass that along and give people hope. And that's what we need most of all. Absolutely. So what other partners do you have around the table in the housing partnership? So the city of Winter Haven, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and they're active in that, but the, the growth management, um, Eric and his his crew, they are a big part of that. Um, and the, all the commissioners are staying up to date on this. They've all asked for personal updates besides mm-hmm. the other things. Uh, Women's Resource Center is a good partner of ours. They're the single point of entry for the Homeless Coalition mm-hmm. now, so that that's where there's kind of a, a business as usual or people come uh, to access the things that our, our Homeless Coalition has. The Homeless Coalition of Polk County right. is an active partner. And, of course, um, the Hearth Project. So the, the, Polk, the Polk School District has a homeless program they call Hearth. And they're they're an active partner. Mm-hmm. In, in addition to some of those other partnerships that are growing, both businesses. I was going to say, how can the private sector get involved? So a uh, part of the plan was uh, to reinstitute something the city had, which called the local housing partnership, and no one had recent memory of it meeting, <laughs> but it, but it was really designed to um, make sure we're building that workforce housing, and and that's what I really kind of want us to to think of it at. These are people that are working. They have income. Right. Just the income levels haven't risen as fast as the housing costs. Right. Because those have recently bumped up. But this local housing partnership is a chance for lenders, for builders, developers, nonprofits, um, anybody who has an interest in this to come together. Uh, we would be meeting on Wednesdays <laughs> at the City Hall. We're going to have a phone call still, so contact right. us, mm-hmm. um, and we'll add you to that list and make sure you're invo- in, in, uh, involved in that. But how can we go about planning out the kinds of development that we need to see in the future so that we have a well-housed, healthy workforce right. and families? Absolutely. And that's a good point. I think uh, there's a certain level of, of stigma around the phrase affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so a lot of us have started to say workforce housing, and that's not a PR move. That's a true definition of, yes. of what it is. And, you know, I think, you know, over the decades, affordable housing has gotten this kind of bad rap. People think of, um, you know, colloquially the projects and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Mm-hmm. But realistically, what it is is um, – is providing a place for people, especially in the economy that we've been in, where rental rates are rising to the extent that something that somebody could have afforded two years ago is now renting at a much higher rate because our inventory is so low mm-hmm. that they can get more money for it. And then they get essentially priced out of a place that they've been able to afford for years but are, haven't been able to. So That's exactly right. Um, it's, um, it's so important to have every... Uh, level of housing to meet every income level. And it is so important to our community that that happens. And so if you're looking back, if you're reflecting a year from now, what would you look back and say, okay, this, this program has been successful up to this point? What 
would you want to see happen? So um, I, I think, you know, for me, uh, that we are making contact with those families that are at risk, that we have con- we've convinced people of that. And that, because the, on the other side of it is we're asking folks who may not normally seek assistance for whatever reason, just it's not in the habit of, of how they, they reach out. So we want to we convince them that this is a good thing. This is something that's going to help our community overall. Because if we have a housing-stable community that's growing and our ability to keep our children well-educated, I mean, just the impacts of it. I mean, when you're, even when you're sick, right, you don't want to go to the hospital. You want to go home. Mm-hmm. And so if we can create that uh, in our community, then that's going to be a positive. So I think convincing our community, um, everything I read, uh, out west where all great things housing seem to take place <laughs> it takes you know 12 to 18 months just to convince the community they they build that in their plan mm. just to do that community engagement so that's why it's so great to be here too it's right. like let's engage our community and just let's talk about it mm-hmm. let's talk about why this is important and think about it as the future of our community if we in in a year from now if our if our city's talking about this and not just talking about subsidies or how we're going to make this, you know, the cost of this work. But we're talking about this as like, okay, this is just a problem we got to solve. Right. This is how a healthy community grows Mm -hmm. and we got some work to do and we're going to, but we're committed to doing it together. I think that'd be a huge win. Also hope that we'll really be able to say we were able to help this number of families, you know, prevent them from um, becoming evicted and experiencing homelessness and, and, or, uh, by then, we'll have started our next phase, which is rapid rehousing. It's going into the motels and hotels and helping people move out mm-hmm. into stable housing that will all that will be uh, well in play. Wow. Well, it's lofty goals, but it's goals that you're being able to chip away at by collaboration. And, you know, uh, you know, not to get marketing on you, but one of oh, our true like foundational pillars of this community, and you've seen it and I've seen it over our last six years, is that collaborative business community, that mm-hmm. collaborative community at large, um, the collaborative nonprofit community. And it is it is a question of when we get these people into the room, it's how do we break down the barriers mm-hmm. and bureaucracy or whatever else we might perceive as an obstacle to all work together to make this happen. It's not about competition. It's about how do we raise the level for all of us. Right. And so, um, you know, for everyone that's already got involved in the housing partnership, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad, if people want to figure out a way to get involved in the housing partnership or Heart for Winter Haven, where can they go to get more information? Um, you're welcome to go to our website, www.heart, H-E-A-R-T, the number four, W-H.org, mm-hmm. uh, and then call us. I'd really like to sit down. I mean, I think that's where, or at least over the phone call, <laughs> uh, we'll see, uh, but to, to talk through it so we can see, you know, where everybody is. I, I've had some great uh, communications with some landlords and local developers here recently, Um they want to get involved. They want to, you know, they want to add value mm-hmm. uh, to to this uh, initiative, and they see they see the value in it. So um, we'd love to talk with you about it. Attend our meetings. Now, the affordable housing issue is an important one too, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't want. I mean, I'm so happy. I know you know this that the Sadowski Trust Fund was not swept by the legislature this yes. year. That you you and you know what that means. It means that. We are going to get our full allotment of a Sadowski funds for affordable housing to Winter Haven, mm-hmm. which we haven't gotten in the last 10 years because it's been used to for supplement the general fund. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. And so um, God willing and the 
creek don't rise higher, then we're <laughs> going to get that this year. Yes, yeah, we still have four days of session left That's at this right. point. But right. um, no, and I think um, it was a mind shift this year at the state level on the importance of, and that has to do with advocacy. That has mm-hmm. to do with screaming at the top of your lungs, stop doing this because you're creating a crisis uh, or or at least um, not helping a crisis uh, amongst right. your communities when it comes to affordable housing. And you're, yeah, you're so right. And, and, and I know across Winter Haven, everybody had that message that went up to Tallahassee. Yes, absolutely. Which was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Brad, thank you so much for coming yeah. in today. Like My I said, pleasure. we're going to definitely bring you back and talk Please. about all the other initiatives that Heart for Winter Haven has. But we cannot uh, thank you enough for um, chipping away and tackling this very, very important issue to our community. It's, it's my honor. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Well, that's it for another episode of It's Happening in the Haven. We would like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Ginger Cook with the movie Scream Test, and Brad Beatty with Heart for Winter Haven. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber of Commerce, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home. <laughs>